0: Hey, 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 this is your girl, the Keanu Dancy. It's your boy Chris Broussard, NBA analyst. This is Yolanda Ross from the showtime series The Shy. And you are tuned in to the Friend or Foe. Friend or Foe. Friend or Faux Fo- podcast. If you're not listening, you're messing up. Keep it locked right here.
1: Every time they are on the line. You heard me?
0: You heard me. Previously
1: on Friend or Foe.
0: So finally, what is his name? Robert uh, Meek Mill Williams has bent the knee, and uh,
2: <laughs> Drake brought him
0: out in Boston. He hugged him, told the crowd, picked up my nigga Drake, and they're friends again. They're playing honky ball backstage and shit. And um, we got two black brothers, or semi-black brothers and black brothers, <laughs> that, that pieced it up. Uh, Trump's campaign advisor, George Papadopoulos. He was lying to the feds. They gave him a whopping fourteen-day sentence in jail. Damn it! This is amazing. crazy, this is unbelievable. Fourteen unbelievable. days for lying days? to the Yeah. Fourteen this days this is why I have my issues I had last last week on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it with hip hop. RIP, um, Mac Miller. Man, gone too soon. Overdose on drugs. Age twenty. Six, six, about
2: crazy, oh. Nine. Nine. Six. crazy. I saw it coming. I was yeah, I saw I coming. Dead. After the breakup, I did honestly like. You know, I, we never talk about Mac Miller because he's not an artist I checked for. But for some reason, like after the breakup with Ariana. Um when his when I always check new releases on Fridays on Spotify, he was having a lot of stuff come out and just the album covers and the name of songs, I'm like, this dude look like he's depressed.
0: Yeah.
2: And then when his last album, when his album finally came out, I'm like, Yeah, he he gotta be a little off. And then when it, so when I got the news I was like, I'm not completely surprised.
0: Cardi B versus Onika Mirage. Oh wow! Mm, interesting. interesting very. In a one on one, we y'all got. Two, I'm not calling Cardi B. On yeah,
2: I'm oh, go go Cardi say. B. <laughs> I'm gonna go Nicki, yeah, this... man.
0: I'm gonna go Nicki.
2: Nah, no, you're not. You just doing that to do that. No, nah, okay, no, nah,
0: I'm gonna go Nicki. I'm, I'm gonna go Nicki on it. Cause Cardi B looks like she grabbed hair. I got a question Yo. for you two guys that watch porn. What kind of porn do you watch? Like, what are y'all watching? Like, is it girl on girl or? Mm-hmm. Then, What's Listen, it, is it glad, asian porn is it like am you asked sir yeah. all right wait wait
2: wait 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 hold on hold on kev hold on Kevin. because you're more extensive than me but let me tell you what i watch i go for ebony bbw straight away, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. yeah. straight away. and it has to be it has to be amateur too amateur yeah. Yo, In I got it. What you you watching the porn that your neighbors made. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: now let's get into this week's interview
1: with Kiana Dancy.
2: <laughs> Welcome to the Friend to Folk podcast. We got a very, very special guest on the line with us today. We got comedian and actress, Miss Kiana Dancy. Give it up, y'all. Yay. What hey. up, y'all? <laughs>
1: What you're not going to do is eliminate the rest of my accolades and oh, my title. Oh.
0: Congratulations. You played yourself.
1: Write it down for me. So you got to make sure you add author, real estate uh-huh. agent, and I'm a producer. You know, I got some things in my pocket that I'm working on. So, yeah, I'm all those things. You know how I go. In the industry, you gotta wear multiple hats until somebody's like, oh, you know what? She doing this and she doing that. I am. I'm doing all things. <laughs> pay. Pay.
2: Definitely got to go get it. Well, thank you for joining the uh, Friend and Foe podcast, and you know, taking some time out of your busy schedule to make that happen. We appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah, you're in line with uh, old man JT Terra Oludemi and I'm your boy Grip. And you know what's you know what's up? Kiana, how
1: you doing? I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I just got back. To Atlanta from Houston. I'm super excited to be home because I've been away from the house for three weeks. But so if you hear my husband puffing dog, which I'm trying to lock her out, that's what you hear, fat girl. She's excited to see me. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, well, you're
2: going to hear my smoke detector because I ain't got no battery in there right now. So we good. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, three
1: weeks out of your own bed, out of your own home, it's like three years. I know you you know what I'm talking about. So I'm shoot, I shot off them. Or BET, it's called One Crazy Christmas. It comes out in December. Um, it's an amazing film. It's very, very funny. There's a twist in the plot. But we have, um, you know, Sean Blakemore, Terry Vaughn. We have um, my new a young girl named Terry Abney. Uh, Jaylene Mack is in the movie. And your boy Carl Payne. It's Tammy... Uh, Oh lord, this baby's gonna kill me! So I can't remember her name, but it's a crazy, crazy cast, and everyone should definitely be looking for it. It's gonna be in theaters. So I don't know where, which theaters, but it's definitely going into theaters, and it's also going to be um, on BET. So you know they gonna play this movie every year, every day. It's okay. Valentine's Day.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay, that's what's up. See, we, we we actually got to get to that too. But let's let take it from the from the from the tip to the top. What? What made you want to get into acting and comedy? And, you know, how did you get to start?
1: Wow, that's a deep question. Well, you know, I started as a child. I was a catalog girl. I used to um, do models for JCPenney seniors. I was that girl. Um, and so my mother saw a talent in me. I think it's mostly she saw energy that, I need, that she needed to kind of help control. Uh, my nickname as a child was Radio. Like my family's always say, "Cut that radio off!" I would talk and talk and talk and talk and hit the screen. And regardless of whoever was at the house, no matter who you were or what you were there for, you was gonna sit down and have a whole show. So I could I produced shows at the house. You know what I mean? Outfit changes and everything. So from um, tap dancing, I played chess as a child. I was a model. So you know, and I also was funny, but I wasn't necessarily it's a crazy. Thing I wasn't class clown. I didn't get that title in the yearbook, but I was one that people thought, you know, she is hilarious. So once I got, you know, I, I didn't know how to make money doing that. So I knew that I had to go get an education. So I went to school, graduated, took the LSAT decided I didn't want to go to law school and I went to work for Sony and from right from Sony I went to work for Samsung and then when Samsung laid me off I was like okay I done everything that I was supposed to do for everybody to have a plan for me I was like okay this is my time I had been doing stand-up comedy in open mic you know room but didn't really understand how to make money because at the end of the day I'm an adult I have bills. So I um, started writing a column called Comedy Cocktails with Kiana Dancy sitting at the lap of some of the most amazing comedians, and I got the courage to just do open mics, and when I was doing those open mics, I was like, okay, I can do this
0: for real, and when they laid me off, I never looked back. Wow,
2: All
0: right. okay. So you basically <laughs> took your destiny into your own hands, because there's so many people out here that's working the nine-to-five that's not their passion, and they're afraid to jump off that cliff and, and you know, take that leap of faith, but... It's cool to see that you're able to do that. So that, that's pretty dope. That's the only way
1: because corporate America is designed to keep you at bay at a certain level, regardless of who you are. They will give you a promotion, absolutely, because you're you're working to get ahead. And they have to keep – that's called employee retention. In order to keep your employees happy, you've got to give them some sense of incentive, whether that's pay, a title, some sort of accolade. So they, the corporate America is going to give you a little bit, but they're not going to give you all. It's yeah, not designed right. for that. There has to be people at all levels. There has to be a fry guy. There has to be a person that's going to flip the burger. There has to be a person that's going to butter the bread for the burger. You understand what I'm saying? But the person that owns the company, he's not going to promote the fry guy overnight to take his job. That That's dumb. Why would you do that? So, yes, you have to take your destiny in your own hands because if you don't,
0: no one else will. Yeah. And, and well, we always hear that being a comedian is a hard job. Like, tell us about... Your journey and what, you know, what life is really like for a comedian just trying to break it or or just trying to make it in this digital social media age because now you see that there are various comedians that just go straight to social media platforms as opposed to hitting the funny bones and the last factories. How do you feel about that?
1: Okay, so first of all, I'm gonna give you a perspective from being a female comedian in the business, because they're very different. Being a female comedian in the business and being a comedian in the business are two different things, and I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. As a woman, when I walk into the building, I, I, listen, I'm gonna be very frank, I, you know, sometimes I drop F-bombs because I like to curse and make my mouth wet, I like it. But here's, I'm gonna be professional <laughs> with you guys um and very clean and pulled up and polished i'll tell you when i walk into the room as a female and especially being you know some would say an attractive female you know you know i'm pretty or attractive to some maybe not so much but when i walk into the room as a woman you don't necessarily see me as a woman you see me as a vagina oh you understand what i'm saying so when i walk into the green room there's a lot of questioning the guy saying oh what Dang, you're a comedian? And if every guy in the room is buying, try- for who's going to get my number, who's going to have the opportunity to hit, which none of them have an opportunity or well, whoever gets a chance, because why? You're, you're not, no, I'm not, if I'm a, this I always say, if I'm a strong comedian, I'm scoring up, not down. You understand what I'm saying? Or on the same level. But it's, Shay, <laughs> but it's very important that you understand this. The struggle is very real being a female in the business because you have to leave with a certain amount of sex appeal, but you can't lose your upper hand by giving it away. You have to always, yes, it's all. That goes from across the board. Whether I'm a comedian, an attorney, the fry girl, all there's a certain amount of sex appeal you have to lead with, and it's very unfortunate that you ha, that we have to play these games. But many times we don't get those opportunities if the guy or the perk, because the, the opportunities are oftentimes held by the, the man. The promoter oftentimes are men. The the booker are oftentimes men. The the down to the DJ, oftentimes, are men. So that's why I make it a point okay. to make sure that, you know, my comedy tour is has been majority females. Single in the City is an all-female comedy show that, re- that represents women from all different gra- demographics. We look different. We have different perspectives. Some of us are married. Well, I'm sorry, we have been married. But most of us, on all of us on this tour are single. So as a female in the industry, it's tough. We have we're held to a different standards. Men, period. People think that women all talk about the same thing, so it's harder to sell an all-female comedy show. It's hard to yeah. sell an all-female like just a, you know. If you have you, it's, it's rare that you will see two females on one show, but you will see a whole show with all guys. Correct. Why yeah. is that? Yeah. And the reason that is because people assume that women want are not funny. Two, we're all going to talk about the same thing, you know, giving heads, dating, but, you know, we, we all have very different experiences in life. And at the end of the day, I've watched men, all men comedy shows do the same thing. You're talking about, you know, pooping and farting and, and how big your thing is or this and this and this this. That's the same thing the last dude said. So why are we held to a different standard?
0: True. So,
1: as a female in this industry, we you know we are held to a different standard. We have to write more. We have to, I make sure I give sisters an opportunity. I always reach out, reach over, reach back, reach forward. I pay it forward. Um, we always have to make sure we. If we, for example, we travel differently. When I go out on the road and I'm out by myself, I always, no matter who I'm going out with promoter if i know them for today one day two days if i work with them multiple times it doesn't matter when i get to that hotel room i uh, that hotel i always switch my room message i don't know if he has a duplicate key i don't know if he's good in my room i don't know so those are things that as a man you never think about you never think about that. never so when, when i come when i land i want to know and then it's things like would you have me sitting on this curb if i was a man so now, when I land, where's my car service? Oh, where are you promoter to pick me up? That happens quite often. We're, we're 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 waiting on the curb, or you know, we get there. You know, there's someone's been in my room, or the promoter gives you your key. Unacceptable. Let me check in my room myself, because then I know for fact that, that you haven't been in my room, and I also can safely, you know, assume that you're not gonna come in my room in the middle of the night. And it's always a flight proposition some kind of we oh you, you know i ain't know you're gonna look like this in person what you talking about wow. let me Yo, give me guys, my money
2: guys are weird because as as a promoter i never even i never even thought like crossed my mind i would think if i get your stuff set up that you would be accommodated that would be something that you would appreciate but i never knew guys was that weird that us being helpful creeps you out
1: but, see, the that. thing is, the reason why you don't think like that because you don't have a vagina, sir. There's not a—it's not 50%—85% of the people on the planet are trying to fool you. Now, don't get me wrong. everybody is not trying to fool everybody. I'm just saying—what I'm saying is, as a woman, there's there's always someone who wants her. Whether she, she could be horrible looking. you may not be your flavor, but there's somebody in this world, like I had— <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it's all, you know, she could be, look, this is what I always say. When I see unattractive people, and I, I tend to believe that people are just not, I, I tend to believe that there's not, like, any unattractive people. But, you know, there's people in the world like, ooh, that's not my flavor. But guess what? Even though we and you or he or she may think they're unattractive, there's somebody in the dark corners. I'm like, yeah, I like that black spot on the back of her neck. That's cute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is somebody yeah. out there that wants it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's somebody and so the thing is we as females and when we're on the road i always I, i've been on the road multiple times with all guys all guys where you know you're you're kind of uh there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of you know bullying there's a lot of you know side mark remarks. oh i'm gonna come through tonight who what you coming where sir so then you, yeah. you, you're you put in a position where you're on the road with all these guys. You're by yourself. You have nowhere to turn because it's them against you, Loki. If something were to happen, who would you go to? This is the person. And it's a lot of times it's the person that is the headliner or the headliner's friend or brother or security. So now you, you're isolated. This happens more than you guys could ever imagine. But this happens in corporate America. It's not just on the road being a comedian. I mean, it happens when you're just, you can just be as simple as being, I don't know, someone, like I mentioned, a fry girl or you work at a shoe store or whatever. There's always some, it's going to be a guy that come in with some kind of proposition and you're like, yo, like you're tripping And then you can't really, if you say no, you feel like you might be compromising your job or any opportunity to work again. So there's a lot that that goes into that. Come on now, hey,
2: we
0: need to get you a battery for that fire alarm. No, I know, i got to do something about that. <laughs> how you doing, Miss Kiana? This is um Olu Jamie. I wanted to ask hey, you man. um how do you, how you doing? how How do you feel about these new wave of comedians coming up through social media? Do you feel that you know the game will be good in your hands? Wow, you know,
1: I heard you ask me that question. I was trying to avoid it. I'm just saying. Actually, I think they're dope. I think that um you know it's very unfortunate that um. So here's the thing, as a standard comedian that I started when there was just Facebook, right? And then, I'm sorry, MySpace, and I didn't take fully advantage, full advantage of the MySpace opportunities that it offered. We really at that time didn't understand what that was. Social media was just coming into the stuff at that time, right? I, I salute them. They learned how to work the system in a way that is in their benefit, but what happens is you have these millions and millions and millions and millions of followers, but you only have a mix worth of material per post, right? So let's say you, because I've worked with a lot of social media followers, they're dope, they're hilarious on, online, but then you want to, when you, as a customer, you buy tickets to see them, you're disappointed. Why? Because they have not been conditioned to have more time on stage. So the idea is, and I'm the I'm I'm in the same position too, whereas I started on stage, so flat footed with a mic, me, you and the audience, if I bomb you saw it. But with the social media star, if they bomb, they're not gonna post that. They only gonna post what they think is their funniest opposite funniest material. And I don't get that opportunity. I, well, I didn't have that opportunity when I started. So when I walked out to the mic, they called my name. This is who I am, and I got to stand on my jokes, whether you like them or not. And then I only have the next time to prove that I'm funny, right? So the people, the social media people, are gaining an opportunity that I necessarily in the beginning didn't have. Now I do. But I don't even really feel I don't know how to maximize the whole social media platform. You know, I'm learning. Like, you know, there's people out here who have. I worked with a guy named Batman on Thursday. This man has almost 5 million followers. I've never heard of him a day in my life. Ironically enough, I was following him. He's a Nigerian comedian. He's hilarious. But the fact is, he's, I don't know, I'm not discrediting him, but there's a lot of comedians like him, who has millions of followers that you and me and other people have ne- never heard of, who started on social media. And I don't know if he started on social media or not, so let me just make sure I say that and make that clear. But there's, I'll give you a better example. Jess Hilarious. Jess Hilarious started online. Now, mm-hmm. she's blown up. And she had, and I was on the road with her when she was trying to get her time up. Mm-hmm. I was on the road with uh, uh, Country Wayne. Started online. So he only had in the beginning his dance, his tunes, the, the the jigs that he did when he come out on the video. He went viral. Now people are booking him for a show. And when he in the beginning, he didn't have no more than five to ten minutes. Then now that he's on the road, he has thirty minutes. Now he has forty-five minutes. He may even have a, an hour. I haven't been out with him in a while. But the thing is, when you start on social, I salute them because. They've done some things that we have not done, and they've maximized the system, which is an accomplishment. I said, listen. Absolutely. Get it how you get yeah. it. But you do have to stay on that stage, because that stage is no punk. You understand? Know because it'll tell you real quick whether you belong here or not. And just because you're funny on mine don't mean you gonna be funny in front of the people.
2: Now, how the hell did you get to the universe soul circuit stage as the first female Ringmaster, like how does that happen?
1: So it happens because I know people. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend, <first laughs> Carmen Lovelace, her family, and this is this is what so, this is what is so dope about the whole situation is because we as black people have so many resources and so many abilities to pay it for and to help each other. Carmen lovelace family owns the universe of them It's crazy, like. When you say, my family, I ran away and joined the the circus, that's her real story. Her family, somebody ran away and started a circus, you know, started a circus and so when she called me she was like hey I want you to be the remaster that comes to Atlanta do you want to do and I'm like well, wait 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 what, what does that mean of all, I had never been to Universal so I didn't know what that meant I, I'm like Do y'all really have animals I thought it was going to be a turtle a bird I didn't know there was going to be a whole lion and an elephant you know I was elated when I saw the, and not discrediting because it's a black owned circus that's not what I'm saying but Universal you know I was like oh this is going to be lit and it was but I didn't know but they was like traveling around the world with real animals, you know. So she called me. She said she wanted me to do it as a friend. She always has shown me love, and I was like, absolutely, I would do. It, it was a great opportunity for exposure. Came out, I did my job. And you know, don't get me wrong, there is a real ringmaster, and it's a whole skill to that. There's being a ringmaster is hard work, like you got the animals listening to you, the people jumping around and you got, it's too much. I said, "Ooh, well, let me just tell my jokes and get out of here. i look you down here to the, to the rain, <laughs> to Down to the rain, but I don't want your title. Let me... So, <laughs> no, you had to, to interact with the animals and everything? Uh, yeah, yes. I was involved. They had me involved in the circus. And I was like, wait a minute. That tiger look real. They got teeth and paws. This is a whole problem. So, (laughs) you know, I was thinking that they'll fly a parrot or land on my arm or something. Not, you know,
0: monkeys. And it was just a whole thing. And then it was an amazing experience. That's dope. I remember the Universal Circus coming through Brooklyn. Um, right. every year as a kid prospect park, I would always go, they would have the reggae dances, they would play soul yes and pop and yes, yeah, yeah, I break dance and everything so i, I grew up on that, so I, that's that's a dope opportunity. I'm glad you were able to take advantage of that because, like my whole childhood, I went every summer, but um comedy has always seemed like the one feeling of entertainment where our people really work together and collaborated to bring each other up. But it seems like over the past few years, we've seen comedians going at Kevin Hart, Monique, more recently Tracy Morgan, and Cat Williams, and Tiffany Haddish. Why do you think Mm -hmm. black comedians are bugging right now, especially when the spotlight is on us, you know, so bright with the diversity in I, I,
1: You know, I've thought about that over and over again, because I knew this was going to come up in this conversation. And to be honest with you, I'm not really sure. I, I, I would say a couple things things that Kevin Hart said were true and same thing for Tiffany Haddish I think all of them are very talented everybody is dope there is a vein there is a lane for every comedian you may not necessarily appreciate Kevin Hart but you like Cat Williams but that's not to say that neither one is funny comedy is subjective now what Kevin Hart said about I don't know that I'm, I've worked with them. I've never worked with Kevin Hart. It's funny, Kevin Hart is one that I've never ever met. I did a, a comedy special this past um, couple months ago on LOL in Montreal, but I've never met him. It's like a, he's like a ghost. Like he's there and he's there, he's not there. But um it's funny, I photobombed one of his pictures with um, him and Lonnie Love, but I never was, I never was officially introduced to him. But either way, um I think it's just an easy, it's easier to tear us down than tear down the enemy, period. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And I feel like we should just really step back and see the strength that we have as united, opposed to, you know, separated. Um, I don't really think that um, we it, it's a benefit to tear each other down. I will tell you, I've seen Tiffany Haddish come from where she was to where she is today. I salute her. But when... Uh, Cat Williams said, and I'm being very careful with my words that I choose. When Cat, when Cat, when Cat Williams said, Tiffany have not done a tour. That was accurate. It's accurate. And sometimes, you know, the truth does hurt. But at the end of the day, what it, you know, who's to say that who's right or who has the right to say anything about anybody? And there's the top. So right now, being at the top, there's a lot of... And Hollywood tends to say that there can only be one of us at a time. One female at a time, one king, king of comedy at a time. We need to stop buying into that notion. And a is tearing each other down, we need to build each other up. So if this a situation where you feel like, you know, Tiffany hasn't been on tour, okay, to around the country, take her. Sure. If <laughs> it's a situation where, you know, and and we do know that... Kevin has not taken any females out. We can see it. We can Google it. We can look at the flyers. He got him in the plastic cup. Boy, there hasn't been any females on his tour, but he's given females opportunities on his LOL network, but on his tour, no. Will it be Tiffany? Possibly. We'd have probably so. If any, that's what I see. But at the end of the day, it's, truth is it to pudding. See,
2: yeah, I just, I just take it. I just take it as back to like what we were just discussing previously before this question. Like this is new age. Like everything is digital. Everything is like so information driven and so fast. Like different opportunities are going to come at different rates. And maybe the blueprint was so much more different when those other comedians or other female comedians, I should say, were, uh, were coming up. So I mean, I don't know. Like I, I see a little bit of. Yeah, and that might be the case end. too. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I see the truth in what and what uh, Kevin was saying. It's just that I just don't you're like right. the fact that we're going at each other. Like not right now. We got and I got like, either the, the Ava DuVernay of the world and right. the Ryan Coogler. It's like yo, we good. Like right now, this is right. collaborate and make it pop. But I don't know. And,
1: and you and you're right. And if there is an opportunity for us all to work together. We really need to sit down and take advantage of that. And unfortunately, um, and so I guess you're referring to some of the older females. To me, other older yeah. female comedians and sometimes you know at the end of the day you just have your time and if you don't take advantage of that like the, even with me i'm trying to take advantage of the social media platform there's a lot of old heads who are just not interested in doing something they've had their time they've let their rise and now they i won't say it, they're fall but they either plateau a little or just they've had their time so you either need to be you need to be very comfortable with reinventing yourself and some people are just not comfortable with that some people are not comfortable with change some people are not open to like I I sat down with a social media person the other day I was like look I'll teach you how to do stage you teach me how to do internet period
0: mm. and
1: she looked at me and was like yo but, her, I, but the thing is I, I was a co-host on Sister Circle Live and that my comedy afforded me that opportunity but my lack of social media lost the job so I was replaced by Trina Braxton and when I look at it Outside of the fact of her being a, a Braxton, she's dope, but she has almost a million followers. So, uh, okay,
2: cool. that, yeah, that's that's crazy because we were going there, like we wanted to know, like what the what the fuck happened? You and my f bomb. So what the fuck happened with that? No, I don't know. I, I, I you and then now like a couple of spots. We see Trina, and now all of a sudden, boom, it's her spot. So like, yeah. are you accrediting so, uh, in that I don't know. new wave to social media? Yes. Just that simple,
1: that simple, just, just that simple, cut and drop. Just that simple, cut and I couldn't, I can't All come right. up with any other answer. I mean, and you know, my thing is, I I, can't um, I, 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 the producer told me they wanted to increase the profile of the show. Okay. So it is what it is. When you say profile, she's a Braxton. She has almost a million followers. That makes sense. That's business. Now, um, do I have to like the way that it was done? No. Did, did I think my sister's knew? No. Do I think someone knew? Yes now did I think the sisters know let me make sure I say that clearly did I do I think the sisters know I don't think they knew but did I think someone else knew The power, you know the powers that be absolutely there was a decision made in reference to whether I was going to be there or not and that decision was made by the powers that be now I don't have a million followers you know what I'm saying I don't and and I and I've never really spoken very openly about it but once the decision was made I was like okay well I'm going to go ahead and do what I got to do because at the end of the day I can always hit the road I have two movies coming out. I have this movie coming out with B.T. called One Crazy Christmas and I just signed going um, to do a movie with Netflix so I am working
0: but did I see it coming? No. You just answered my question because I was definitely going to ask you, you know, since you've been on the sister circle, it's, def- it's definitely increased your profile as well so I see that you got, you know, other jobs so I'm happy about that.
1: Well, I, it definitely increased my profile, but don't get it twisted. Mama always worked. You know what I mean? Right. And I've played a lot of seeds. I have a lot of relationships with people who want to see me win. As I always stated, I'm the people's champ. I'm one that a lot of people relate to. And I know that because I've been told. I have 500 messages that I have to sit down and take in my DMs that are, you know, you have to approve them. So I have 500 messages that I need to go in and reply to. Because people are like, we miss you. We love you. People at me every day. I know that I missed but as I stated when I walked away I need you guys because I'm not only am I professional I'm a winner so and the guy has never closed the door on me it's without it's opening up a dog door on me. you know what I'm saying <laughs> it's never been a door closed he was like, okay look now This this, this is a dog door. You're going to crawl in it, but you here's an opportunity, and I'm going to do so. And then when I open, I get in that opportunity. I bust it wide open. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm not concerned about my future. Um, I'm because I know that there's something great. There's a light that shines upon me that nobody can dim, and I refuse to dim my life for anyone or anything. So I'm confident that I will be okay. I do, I enjoy being on television. I will be on television again. Comedy afforded that for me. And because of the relationships and the, the way that I treated people, those, those opportunities will come again. My mom has always said a couple things to me. One, it does not cost to be nice. It does not. People do things for you because they like me. People do things for me because I've been nice to them and they know that they can come to me and I'll give them anything that I have. Period. Second thing she's always told me. You know, stay in the light. The light will always, always prove what's right. Because at the end of the day, I missed, and I know it. And third, I may not be meant for it, but I'm built for it. So anybody else that they would have dismissed in any kind of way probably would have popped off, went crazy, acted fool, talked crazy about the staff or the people or whatever for what? I have no reason to. I, I represent my family. I am a dancing and I will conduct myself as self. I am cut from that cloth. I will be okay. So even though I may not be meant to go through the go through the crime, go through the dirt, all the drama, but I'm built for it. I'm fortified. I'll
0: be fine. Built for Tough. I hear
1: that. Yeah. I don't know about Ford Tough because, you know, Ford stands for a on the road, Dead. I'm going to uh, <laughs> go ahead and say, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm kind of, my grandfather worked with GM for 50 years. I'm going to say I'm GM Tough. You got You got it.
0: You got it. <laughs> you got Now, earlier, you told us about one crazy Christmas, and that that's your new film that's going to be in theaters and hitting BET. What I want to yes. know is, what was it like working with Carl Anthony Payne, aka Cole, aka Cockroach? Like, how My
1: guy, <laughs> listen. When I tell you, it was so it was it was so enlightening because the cast is amazing. One thing I will tell you, um, I want to get that other girl's name. Um, her name is Tammy. Townsend and Anton time people, Jaylene, Matt. Uh, there was Terry Bond. There was so many amazing people on this project and working with Carl Payne. He was very insightful, very helpful. There was a like for example, he would help me with discovery. So like if my particular character had an aha moment, he would help coach me too. It was like I had two acting coaches on on set with me, in Terry Bond and you know in Carl Payne. If it was something I was like, I'm not really sure how to bring this emotion or wake this particular emotion up in this character, both of them will help me walk me through it. Like, think about this or give you know, what about this? You you know, be bigger or, you know, bring it in a little bit. So it was very helpful and he is hilarious. So the yeah. show, I mean, actually I believe the movie, you're gonna enjoy it. Um you're going to be surprised by some of the things that happens in the movie. And I'll tell you, the movie was produced and written by Greg Carter out of Houston, Texas. And that's the reason why we shot it in Houston. Because he's he has an affinity to home, of course. And he wanted to put some Houston Houston actors to work, and he did. It is going to be amazing. And I'm super, I, you know, I'm a, I've am i been using this word lately. I'm uber
0: excited. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not Uber excited. I'm Lyft excited because my Lyft. grandfather used to drive Lyft. So. <laughs> um, you you Lyft? Okay, okay, okay. We'll let you have that. We'll let you have that.
1: We'll we we, we Lyft
0: excited. <laughs>
2: right, right, right. Oh, guys, look. Uh, Kiana, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. You've always been very open with sharing your experiences dealing with, you know, molestation growing up and things of that mm-hmm. nature. So, with the, the me too allegations in entertainment right now, wouldn't some of the advice that you go offer to someone that may be experiencing abuse and maybe, you know, hesitant to come forward with that?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let me say this. I understand the struggle with not wanting to stand come forward because sometimes and oftentimes you believe that you're just alone. And when you're standing in the dark you will assume that because one, you're you're scared, you're you're You're, um, you're ashamed. You feel like you did something wrong, but this isn't, that's not the case. You didn't do anything wrong. You were just being who you are, which is the light in the room. And as I stated, if you run from the truth, the truth is, you, the truth is going to track you down. So the goal is to always be. You know, be open. Let the people know what's going on with you. Don't be afraid to be to, to tell people what's happening because once you open up your mouth and you step into the light, you'll realize that you're not alone. So I've always been very open about the fact that I'm a child molestation survivor. I've been more vocal about it now because I have a platform than I have ever been. But my thing is I also was hesitant, I was hesitant to speak about it because I thought it was a poor reflection of my mother. But my mom said to me a couple things. She said, baby, listen, I would have never put you in harm's speech had I known you would have never been in that situation. I wasn't molested by a monster, someone I didn't know. I wasn't molested by some guy that, you know, the mailman or the the, the school bus driver. No, I was molested by my mother's boyfriend that had been with us for years years so it's not a guy that i didn't have a relationship with this man and i sat, my mom and my family and i sat down ate dinner opened christmas gifts together walked the dog all those things so and it only happened once but the thing is there are people who are suffering from this who is it has happened to over and over and over again or if they're not dealing with it presently it happened in the past and they, they are too afraid or ashamed to speak up about it but what you need to realize If anybody is listening to this and have been through something, the best way to heal is to talk about it. And once you talk about it, it gives someone else the courage to open up and talk about it. And then they talk about it, it gives someone else the courage to talk about it. Me too, me too, you too, us too, okay? Mm -hmm. Because when you talk about it, it's it's, it's something about... once you speak about it, how you take your power back. When you don't speak about it and you're you're suffering in the darkness and you're suffering alone because you're assuming you're alone, you give that person who assaulted you the power. But when you're able to say, you know what, I'm not going to let you steal my joy. I'm not going to let you steal my light. I'm not going to let you do this to someone else. When you don't speak up and out about it, that gives that person who assaulted you the opportunity to do it to someone else. So you need to speak up about it. You have to say something to someone and and let, hold this person accountable for the things that they did to you. And until you do, he, he or she, because there's both men and women who does it, will think that it's okay and they're not being held in hell. So this leads to a little, I think that I, I'm very proud of the women for stepping up. I'm very proud of the women for opening up and being honest about it. I, I You know, I wish women would speak up more often and sooner because what, what happens is, like, when you take your time speaking up about it, the way the society is built, they think that you're lying. But the reason why people delay and take their time speaking up about it because they're ashamed and they're scared. They're afraid of the repercussions. I was told if I spoke up and said anything about it that he would kill my mother. Now, I'm a baby. I'm a young child. If you tell me that you're going to kill my mama and you just did this to me, I'm going to assume that you're going to kill my mama. And then I'm going to be stuck with you or without my mama at the very least. You understand what I'm saying? So, of course, I'm not going to say anything, but because of the grace of God, I was at my school at Collinwood Daycare Center in Cleveland, Ohio. There was a special specialist that came in and spoke to the kids with us, and they were talking about, you know, inappropriate touching. You know, if there's something going on, you need to speak up. Speak up now. Don't hold on. Don't wait. And I was like, wow, the light bulb came on for me, and I was like, oh, this is happening to me. I should tell somebody, and I would never forget. I pulled my teacher aside. Her name is Miss Fadia. She was a Muslim woman. I pulled her aside and I said, "Hey, this is what's going on with me. I need you to tell my mom because I'm scared." I called my mom, and it was done. It was it was instant. I found someone that I trusted. She called my mother. We had the conversation. He went to jail. Now, what I do know is he didn't go to jail long, but he did go to jail. So I encourage. Any woman who's been molested, raped, tried, tested, whatever, inappropriately, you know, uh, touched, she needs to speak up. And that goes for men, too, because it does happen to men. If you've been raped, and I know it's one of those situations where, you know, men are, you know, you're macho, you're masculine, You don't want to tell somebody that you've been raped, whether that's by a woman or a man. It does happen. Speak up. Stop it. And if you don't stop it, it'll continue to go wrong.
2: First off We salute you For your your courage Number one Like we're You know We're fathers of daughters And you know We got mothers and sisters And it's very very important For y'all to You know Exhibit that strength And things of that nature In those times of crisis But you also said Something too That was kind of Impactful You was able to Get your story out Via your teacher In school And I think that's mm-hmm. Important man Cause like Nowadays Like my, my son's teacher Last year Sent home a permissive slip For him to be included On her reality show And I'm like yeah, That's not what school Is about Like yeah. I kind of just feel like, it, like Things ain't In the same balance As they used to be So like Kudos to your teacher As well for you know Being in the right position And doing her job To notice and be You know At, at your call You need to help right. but, um,
1: there's something that has been lost in our community, and I'm I'm gonna say our community in reference to black, brown, uh, yellow, beige, mixed, whatever, whatever you are. If you're not white, you are community, right? <laughs> there's a there's something that happens. We fail to take our community by the right. We allow we're allowing someone else to control our community. There was a time when if you act up or something was going on up the street, you got beat, or somebody up the street would call your mama and say, hey, little Tito is acting a fool up here. What you want me to do? Well, beat him and then send him home.
2: I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Right? There was when a
1: time, and you get another one. And I brought that up to say that there's something happening in our community where we're losing accountability and responsibility for our own. So the fact is, if something is going on with your child, and you, and some, if you don't see it, maybe your neighbor sees it. If your teacher don't see it, in a no-haul. Or, you know, there should be there should be an open dialogue with the people that's in your community about our children, because our children are one day going to be our leaders. Our leaders, because it's going to be a time when we're going to get old. Our kids going to be you know feeding us out the soup bowl you know what I mean so the thing is you have to make sure you have an open relationship and an open dialogue with all of your your anybody that surrounds your children teachers bus drivers my mom used to walk out to the bus drivers and put her eyes on this man a or, or woman you driving my baby every day I, who are you yeah. true who are you they don't do, you know, extensive background. These are random people who making $2 an hour. I don't know how much they make, really, but you're not making a whole lot of money. So, that, you know, you, I want you to know I care enough about my baby to meet you on this curve. I want you to know enough that this baby right here has a whole community of people that love them. You have to do that. You have to spend time with your teacher. Call your teacher. Email your teacher. Text the teacher. What's up? What's happening? Okay, you on a reality show. What? What's What? what, what, what? What, what, what you're selling on the reality show what's happening why what, oh, are God. you on this reality show
0: clearly yeah,
1: but God. my point is the, the monster sometimes uh, many times the person that molests and, and take advantage of our kids mentally and physically are not always strangers yeah. they're yeah. the people that we have right close to us or and then, if, and, then, and then that makes it even harder to speak up and say hey this is happening to me because it's a trust there with that particular person. So you got to make sure you stay constantly talking to, and girls right now are so over-sexualized with everything they see on social media, on the radio. Like, you can tell, I met a little boy, he was in a wheelchair. He had some, um, uh Friday I was at a school, ground Elementary here in Jonesboro, Georgia. This young man was in a wheelchair. He had some, you know, educational difficulties, something, you know, but he can, when I tell you this boy sat and rapped, Every rap song from the Migos, to the future, it's a this to that. And then the teacher said, well, since you're rapping, let's go ahead and get into these multiplications. He looked at me like, what? He can not do that. Crazy. So I think, and I'm not mad about rappers doing their thing. If the rapper, I think there needs to be a separation in the community. Okay, fine. If you're going to be a rapper, that's cool. But, you know, know that. And if you don't want to be held accountable, we Our parents, our teachers need to be held accountable because not letting our kids hear things that are inappropriate inappropriate for children of these ages. You understand what I'm saying? So it's a lack of policing of our community, period.
2: Uh, Upon talking to you now, I see exactly what the title of your book, Bye-Bye Bags, Laughing to Lighten the Load, is all about. I I see right now. But is is there a twist or is there another hidden message in the book that maybe your your readers are going to get from it?
1: Yes, yeah, so um bye bye bags, laughing to light the low, little to let go of all the baggage in your life. And you know, I have a girlfriend I saw spent a lot of time with this past week and she's um in the process of moving to New York City. And we were at lunch, she's going through some things, she had a what she refers to as abusive relationship well, abuse of childhood growing up and just saying whatever and I and, and I didn't dismiss it. I listened to her and I thought very I listened to her very, very closely and everything that she was saying I you know I kept telling her, you know, you had a rough upbringing, but you have an amazing adulthood. It's a choice. It's a choice to be happy. It's a choice to be um, uh, just joyful and peaceful and honest. You choose your life. Just because you're... And as you know, we there's no real parenting handbook if you had a sorry daddy it's, it's a chance you're gonna be a sorry father when you grow up when you have kids if your mama was a hoe you it might be a possibility that you're gonna be a hoe but it's a choice it is a choice one thing that and sometimes and this is something i heard on television today and i was like wow that's so profound you can only strive for something that you Feed. Some people just don't know any better, so they don't do better, right? But it, it's also a choice. It's a choice to be happy. It's a choice whether or not to carry your bags forward. I made a decision that I wasn't going to allow my child molestation, my you know, lost a job, lost a best friend. Uh, you know, I had a relationship with my father, but it wasn't like an amazing relationship with my father. I spent summers with him. I knew who he was, but and I, and I, I, I and my, when my father died, I, I, I cried, but I didn't cry. You know what I'm saying? I was like, huh? But if it was not have destroyed me like it would have been destroyed me if my mother, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't let any of those, you know, being cheated on. I was in a long-term relationship for 10 years, and I didn't get married. Although he asked me to marry him, but I didn't. It's a long story, but you'll find out in the book. But my point <laughs> is, all those things, all those bags that I could have picked up or bought the bags that I was carrying in my life, all the baggage that I was carrying forward, I just woke up one day and was just like, you know what? I'm not doing this. Cause I don't have to. And you don't have to. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever, whatever baggage that's suffering, you know, you're suffering from, whatever baggage that you're carrying that's hindering you from being great, you as a person have the decision to drop it. And does isn't, you don't need to go talk to a counselor, you don't need to write an 800 800- novel or page novel or a species none of that you just have to decide i'm tired of suffering and allow my baggage to hit from hindering me from being great it's that simple and what you do is just like turning on the light when you walk in the room the room is dark and, you would, and in that dark room it might be you know rape child molestation uh lost a job best friends stab you in the back etc 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 but guess what? When you cut that light on, you see it off. you see your bags in the room, but you don't have to pick it up. Turn back around, cut the light off, and walk away. Right. If yeah. we yeah. thought about life, if we thought about life in that, in those simple black and white terms, I was raised in a very literal house. My mother say what she say, she mean what she say, she do what she say she gonna do. Right? We don't, there's no gray areas here. It's black or it's white have to make a decision that your life is gonna be happy, you're gonna be joyful. Yeah, we go through things. Yeah, sometimes we're praying and our prayers don't come, they're not answered as quickly as we would like them to be. But you also have our life on earth is very short. You gotta maximize this time. And you sitting around in the corner mad because somebody else did something for you and that person had moved on with their life and you look
0: crazy. A lot of people need need to hear that. But my question for you is this how do you find the energy make people laugh when you're dealing with your own issues. Like, wow. how, how do you... It's scare you. What are you going through, yeah. Whether you're going through your own shit, if you got a tour, you got to get out on that stage. Like, how do you do that? How do you find that? It's interest? never a what is. It's never a what is,
1: because I'm always going through my own shit. I'm always going through my own shit, because my own shit is... It's his thing. First of all, the people that come to the Dubai ticket, they come to the show, they... Listen, they not coming here to be part of the show. They come to have a little official. Oh, look, you look like you're normal. You got it all pulled together. Your girdle tight. Your hair is beat. Your face is beat Look, you look amazing. Girl, what you going through? Because I know my life is going to hell. What are you going through? And then I come out and just be who I am. I am vulnerable. I am honest. I am a, I'm, I'm an educated female who was single at this age. I look back and I'm like, how did I get to this point where I don't have no kids, no husband? How did that happen? Because first of all, I was dating from 19 to 29, same man at 30, I was like, oh, you ain't gonna do right? Bye, boy, you know what I'm saying? So at 30, I'm in the streets, I'm dating. I didn't even know penis came in so many different colors and sizes. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> wait, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. Please, let's stop and pause the track real quick. You dated the same person from 19 to 29?
1: yes we were together for 10 years i met him in college i fell in love i thought i love when yeah. i mind you so let me yeah, say something you mind you mind you we didn't i wasn't sitting there you know like i broke we broke up we got back together but whatever reason we just kept getting back together and he asked me to marry him four times one time it was because i caught him cheating next time he you know he lost his job. the next time he i'm like boy but that's what oh, love okay. do okay. love does no no no. But, no, But it's. I did. I was with him for 10 years. Same man. The thing is, love makes you crazy. Love also makes you foolish. But there's something about loving yourself more that makes you wake up. See, a lot of women are, and he wasn't beating on me. It wasn't an abusive relationship. It wasn't nothing like that. But a lot of women are in abusive relationships. A lot of women are in dead-end relationships, and they're afraid to leave. Or move. I was so busy looking backwards at how much. Pay attention to what I'm about to say to you. I was so busy looking backwards at how much time I spent with him that I forgot to turn around and look at how much time I was going to waste. I kept saying, but I've been with him for 10 years. I should make this work. Oh my God. I love him. He's fine. Oh my God. My kid's
0: going to be beautiful. Oh my God. What? Are you crazy?
2: You strong as hell. Because if I give
0: any woman 10 years, you marrying me. I ain't going nowhere, baby. <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> now. Yes. To this day. So, to this, this day.
0: So, you know how fine people are in their 20s? You fine
2: now. What? I'm just saying.
1: You, I'm just right? saying. I am just saying i It was a turn up. But let me tell you. The thing was so crazy. It was so crazy because you, you say that. You're saying that. And I'm, a, I'm about to bring your poem to you so, so clear. Okay. Two broken people came married. And if they do, just because you, you're half, you have, that don't make hope. You understand what I'm saying? In my 20s, I was carrying baggage that I didn't let go. Although, although, I was, and he's not here to defend himself, but I was a lot more mature than he was, as you know women are. He was a broken man, and he would tell you that. If he would have run up on, on us sitting at, at, on the couch having this interview or wherever, he would say, man, dog, I messed up. Like, that's a good woman. Like, she did everything. She poured into me. She supported me. She loved on me. Boom, 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 boom. But I don't know how to receive that. So, as a broken person, you can't... You you only... When you come to the table, as they say, well, what do you bring to the table? You're broken. What you bring to the table is broken. What you bring to the table is shattered. So, he needed to mature to get himself together. So, whoever the woman is that he's with now, which... Bless her heart because if I wanted him, I can have him. He was on my live yesterday. But listen, <laughs> now, now. stay up Ooh. in the DM. But my point is, he is, you know, it takes time and it takes, you also have to be honest with yourself. How, how many people are honestly going to say, I'm fucked up? How many people will say that? We are all dating in a broken space. We're all, we're carrying baggage that we refuse to acknowledge so if you don't if you don't acknowledge your baggage all of those but that with all of that it's gonna come into the relationship that lack of trust that child molestation that this that that this that, 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 you know he had a background that he would he had to grow through you go through it but you grow through it if you go through something and you don't acknowledge it and you don't grow and it doesn't tr- it should anytime you go through something it should make you better but his his growth was stunted by him, his lack of acknowledging his problems. I wasn't going to marry that. And I loved myself so much that I was like, I tried with you, sir. I did. I tried so much. I love, and I say this every time I stand on stage, I love this man so much I would have married him on a bike with no socks. You understand what I'm saying? But I love me more. And because the power and the, and the love that I have for myself is so great, that i was not willing to settle that is what gave me that was my strength to say "Ooh, i'm 30. um this is the turn up <laughs> and at 30 you know who you are you know what you want you know you did not and I, I dated different i was supposed to be messing around home in my 20s and then
0: you know, but it was opposite so now in my 30s i'm kicking it <laughs> Yeah. And in your 30s, you actually got the bread to have fun, you know, because in your 20s, What?
1: Turn up? Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> hey, while all my girlfriends at home putting the baby down, I'm like, what you doing, girl? She's like, bitch, I'm putting the baby down. i was like, oh, I'm at the club. See you tomorrow. You know what I mean? So, it's just one of those situations that, you know, life life gives you, you know, certain situations you have to learn how to deal with it. It is what it is. And I've decided that, given lemons and lemonade, like, you have to figure out how you gonna maximize your life and then with me being so strong and that and me being quote unquote independent and all those things you know i do i still have challenges dating you know guys ask me all the time but well, what do you bring to the table I think i am the table oh sorry in word sorry i, I am the table you know what i mean like i am the table so you pull up a seat and let's eat you bring a brick, I bring a brick. I'm big I'm building a whole empire. And I and I require that you help this empire grow. If you want to be the king of the empire, you can't be part of the empire and you don't help or provide or lead.
0: Kiana, I wanna let you know we have a lot of female listeners, about seventy percent of our listeners are female. So you just earn just by as our resident life coach. Because the ladies need to hear this shit. <laughs> you, you, you got yourself a job. You ain't even know it. I'm serious. Because a lot of our listeners need to hear this shit. A lot of our and, listeners. You know, and, and people have said that to me. And
1: I, I, I do know. It's funny because um, I just went to church today. And I go to Relentless. So I'm a member of Relentless Church in Greenville, South Carolina. I, yes, I do drive almost two hours to, go to the church when I'm in town. Because when you find a home and you find a place that speaks to your soul and speaks to your heart, you need to go to that place. And I say I say this all the time. I am a fussing, cussing comedian. I like to curse. I wish I didn't. I, I wish I didn't but I do. But I'll say this at the end of every night when I wake up and I go to sleep, sometimes in the middle of the day, multiple times day, I, I pray. I don't care if I found out that the the, book, the Bible was written by a purple striped ghost. I need that. <laughs> To keep my mind and heart sound. You understand what I'm saying? And I believe that, you know, so today when I was in church, Pastor Gray, John Gray told me, he said, there's a calling on your life. And whatever that calling is, I don't know what it is yet. I actually said, I wish I knew what God was, what the plans that God had for me. I wish I knew what they were. And my mom and Pastor Gray said, you couldn't handle it because it would scare you. And it's probably true. I'm not trying to tell nobody I got it all together. There are days when I'm weak. There are days I cry. I cry if I see somebody else, but I don't even know what people crying for, but I'm going to cry, right? But at the end of the day, we have to live on this earth because we have been blessed with something called life. And the only thing that you can do is try to maximize your time on this earth. Make a positive impact because if you make a positive impact, your life is just something about being a light in somebody else's life that makes your life easier to bear. Period.
0: That's it. This is what, this is what uh, our listeners need to hear. Because a lot of times people get stuck in the social media mode where you can just post how great your day was, your best outfit, yep. standing in front of a new car. But people actually want to hear the truth, like the fact that you're saying you don't have it all together, that you've been through a lot, that you've been through relationships where you haven't been valued, where you've been on tour and the men act like jerks, where, you know, people need to hear that, you know, because they can relate to that. When they're too busy showing us how great life is, meanwhile, when they get off of Facebook, they're depressed. You know, so First of all, social
1: media that. is a platform of liars. Everybody on social media, they great. They turn it up. They spending money. They they borrowing money, somebody else's money to put in a the picture. They stand in front of somebody else's car. That's cute. I love it. Okay, great. But at the end of the day, when you go home and you got to live in your life, you got to make your life great. Your life should be great. Off social media, on social media, share your woes. Share your share your celebrations. But you know. Social media is just that—you you, you showing you showing how social and how fly you are. But the truth is, that's my that's not real life. Even though you these rappers have all let me give you a perfect example. Uh, Anthony Boudin. I, I used to watch him all the time. Who would have known that that man was going through? Who would have known? You had a tele national an international television show. You eat good. You travel good. I'm sure you're probably pay very well. There's absolutely in my opinion, what, what 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 is your problem? What are your woes? What are you fighting? But we don't know the devils or the baggage. the the devils or the demons he was fighting, nor the baggage that he was carrying. So you can't get caught up in somebody else's lifestyle or caught up in somebody else's life. Period, because you don't know what they're dealing with. Even from Kate Spade, lady's a billionaire. I mean, a multi-multi-multi billionaire, and she's committed suicide. People are dealing with things, real life issues. That we may may or not ever know really what they were, but everybody has problems no matter how much money you do or do not have. The idea is you figure out how to make your life great at the level that you want. And if you have a desire to you know upgrade your life, well you gotta put one foot foot ahead of the other, and you gotta figure out how you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps because at the end of the day, ain't nobody else gonna do it for you as we seen. You got to do it yourself you got to dig deep you got to figure out a way if you can't if you don't believe in prayer i don't know how you gonna get there but i don't know go play in the dirt do something that makes you feel better about who you are but stay positive because then that too is enough to put you in the right direction
0: exactly and and you never know who's watching and as a hope scholar. You speak to young women about self-esteem and owning your flaws. Like, what flaw or flaws of your own have you struggled with embracing?
1: Child. See, and I say that, own your flaws so you can write your own laws. First of all, like, I've never had a struggle with my gap, but people do. It's, apparently,
2: people, people
1: have a with my gap, but I don't mm-hmm. know why. You know, because, you know, they mentioned like But what? My gap says Please, I am say unique. My my mother has a gap. We don't even believe that you're a dancer if you don't have a gap in your teeth. If you don't have a gap in your teeth in my family, you either got fake teeth or <laughs> well, you want to oh, you you them teeth, team. baby. You bought them teeth. Right, because <laughs> who, who you belong to? Excuse
0: me, um, what, what set are you ripping?
1: Who your daddy? Who your mama? You understand what I'm saying? So you got to own your flaws. You can't let people make you feel less about you. It's self-esteem. And if you don't like it, because this means like, I'm like, ooh, like I got the bags under my eyes removed. I got tired of looking sleepy. Like, I'm sleeping my whole face off but the bags would, you know, wouldn't go away. My bags were given to me by my father. I love my father. But my, I was like, Daddy, if you was going to give me some bags, at least they could have been Gucci Louis Vuitton. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> don't give me two big Kroger bags. <laughs> <laughs> gonna give me two big Kroger bags or Publix bags or what grocery stores were. I don't know. Don't give me market bags up under my, you know, some, um, up under my face. So I removed the bags under my eyes. And I did that because I didn't like it. But not because somebody else t- told me, um, that's not cute. You need to change that. You should never let nobody else dictate how you feel about you, because nine times out of ten, if someone's telling you that whatever you got going on with you is not good enough, that's a deflection of how they feel about themselves, and they're trying to make you feel worse or low so they can feel make themselves feel high. Okay. So if someone say, if if you can't, you know, so I've been big, I've been small, I've been as small as before, as, as big as a fourteen, but I'm a yo. When I feel like it, I eat a little bit. When I want to, I go work out. You know what I mean? But I love myself, big, small, middle, all those things. But if you don't, if you don't love who you are, fix your flaws. But don't fix your flaws based on somebody else. These women out here dying to get bigger booties because the industry has said that you need a bigger booty to be great. But not only have the industry, regular old John up the street. Don't want to date a regular sister with a regular body because he's making her feel like she's not good enough because he's aspiring to have all these rapper girls who wouldn't want him, who wouldn't even look at him if he didn't have no money in his pocket.
2: Really?
1: A lot of these athletes, you got these perfectly built girls. If you didn't have your money, if you don't ride, if you don't run a four point in the combine or four two or four three or four four flat footed, they wouldn't even look at you. If you're not buying red bottoms and Louis Tom, you know Louis bags and this and this and. They will not even look at you. But you mad. You mad. Because, you know, when we call you out on it, we see you for who you are. So ladies, I'm telling you, if you're listening, I want you to understand you are beautiful. You are amazing. You are more than enough. If you don't like something about yourself, don't go to the back alleys or these garages and get things done. Go to research a doctor. Ask for referrals. Go somewhere, go somewhere and get, you know... Talk to multiple people about what you're trying to get fixed and know that the source of this should not be that somebody else say you need to do it for their liking. You need to do it
0: for your own liking, period.
2: Right, right. I respect that. Miss um, Kiana, I see that you believe in um, owning real estate to build wealth. Do
1: you currently invest yes. in real estate? I do. I'm a real estate agent <laughs> in Georgia and Texas. I'm licensed in two states. I think um the most amazing and fastest way to build wealth is only land. And and I started with buying houses. But I'll tell you if there was any mistake that I've ever made in my investment, you know, world or life, it would be instead of me buying um a house, I would have bought commercial property. And let me tell you why. First of all, commercial the land is more valuable than the building on it. The building is, is, is amazing. It's, it's valuable, too. But the land, they will never build any or land. The land is what the land is. And if someone wants to build a building and put it on their property, they have to lease the land from you. So if there's any opportunity for you to ever own a piece of property, buy it. But specifically, if there's a commercial piece of property to own, buy it. For example, there are stores like Best Buy, big box stores, Walmart, Target. The land is the most valuable because what they'll do is they'll build a Walmart, they'll build a Target, and they'll lease the land for 25 to 50 years. And it's per square foot that you're being paid for. So these are things, li- financial literacy, that we don't get in school. These are financial literacy conversations that we're not having at home because we are not exposed. We're not privy to those type of conversations. Yes, they are house. Buy one house. I, I got my real estate license so that I can not only own a home and start paying somebody else's mortgage and building them wealth. I got my real estate license so that I can sell myself my house.
2: You smart.
1: So wow. I bought I, when I got when I got really. licensed. I went. I found the house on the on the on the actual contract. I was the agent that was, and I was the customer, the client. <laughs> And then the listing agent who was representing the seller, if the the seller had any sense, they would have had their license. So they could have sold me, the buyer, their house. I kept the commission. So not only was they writing me a check at the end of of the deal, you know, the, 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 the seller had to write, he got a check, but they also had to write me a check and also had to write the listing agent the person that was helping the, the seller a check you follow mm, right. so the, you have to we have to figure out a way to invest in us as community us as, as, as the individual but at the end of the day because what's happening is they're coming into our community buying property and sometimes it's so cheap it's ridiculous tax liens on our properties that people grandma didn't pay and kids fighting over and don't don't know how to pay for it or won't pay for it and then next thing you know all of harlem is white how is that
0: possible yeah. we
1: have to it do was, better
0: it was selling abandoned uh brownstones in harlem for one dollar one dollar one yeah. dollar and, and then tax shops then went and bought all them shits up <laughs> but of you had to, the kicker was you had to have like i think two or three hundred thousand in the bank but that
1: means we should have pooled our money. Somebody should have pooled their money. If, if you, if, listen, we go out, we find, let me tell you something what we do. We'll finance rims, we buy bundles of weeds, we get our lashes done, we go get our butts done, we get our stomach snatched, we go buy the, the best cars with all the bells and whistles. This, this. We and is we get our dress done every week. We get our fresh cut beard. Ah, i not oh, know, Nike, buying that stupid stuff that Kanye create. I, I, it, it, I mean, no shade, but I don't see the fashion. It's a big sweatshirt. Okay, so mm-hmm. my thing is, we buy Yeezy <laughs> for nine billion dollars, but you can't put you can't put your money into a pool to come to create. So if you put in ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or five hundred dollars or a hundred dollars or whatever. The idea is pull your money together because we're stronger together. Pull our money together, flip it, and we own one brownstone, then we buy another, then we buy another, then we buy another. You mean what? You can't compete with that. If, if one person don't, if we all don't have $200,000 each, well, maybe we have $200 collectively. But we don't think like that. We're too busy trying to compete against each other. I look fresh. Oh, yeah, you cute. You fresh. You got a $500, you know, $500 shoes on, $300 jeans. $300 T-shirt to say Supreme for a nigga that we never met. You know what I'm saying? Or you got, uh, you know, you, and you got a nice handbag, $1,500, $2,000, 10000 $5,000 bag, but you don't have no money in it. You don't have no money in the bank. That's dumb. All right,
0: all right. I see that you also own a um, cell phone repair company. You can tell us about that? I
1: am. Yes, I can. So my family and I... <laughs> My family and I have um, always been in technology and electronics. Like I said, I used to work for Samsung Mobile, telecommunications. I worked for Sony. My mom worked for LG. Um, She worked for Sony also. And she also is a software. My mother's a programmer by trade. But um, now she's moving to a different direction where she's a software trainer. Um, My brother also has um, worked in software training and things of that nature. So we, one thing that I do know, over and over again if my screen cracks, it has cracked multiple times <sighs> I literally lose my breath like I can't think I can't if I can't get on Instagram you know how this thing got us I, I can't get on Instagram I can't get on Facebook I can't text I can't tweet I'm going through a, it's a whole problem my mother dropped my phone one day and I literally couldn't speak to her for an hour. Like I, I could not breathe. I was like, "Damn it, mom! Stay the fuck out of my room!" So CPR. Uh, we have two locations open, opening within the next six months. We have one location opening up in um, in Kennesaw. If somebody can give me the address, that would be amazing. Um, we, um, we have, I don't have an address. Uh, we're opening up in Kennesaw, um, Georgia. It is right down the street from Kennesaw state university. We repair everything from cell phone screens, iPhones, we repair laptops. We can, we repair, uh, drones, drones. We repair anything with the screen, refrigerators that have screens on it. And the point is, cause it's, 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 we know that you will replace your phone and the cost of these screens are so expensive. Um, the address is 50 Ernest West Barrett Parkway, Northwest, um, th- suite number 3020. That's Marietta, Georgia, 366. And it's a cell phone repair store. And we can replace anything. Where some of the stores, you know, when you, re- you crack your phone, you have to send it off. You can come in, drop your phone off. You can have your phone within an hour, sometimes less than that. That's dope.
2: We're yeah. out here getting to it, man. She's doing everything, acting, radio, producing, taking TV show hosting. Yes,
1: you got to plant seeds. You got to plant seeds. And that's the one thing I'm telling people. You know, you got to make sure that you, you got to make sure that you have, um... You, you have, I'm trying to leave money or wealth for my legacy. I want to make sure that my family eats off me 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. And the only way that you can do that is by planting these seeds. We have the ability to do so. We just don't have the knowledge. Um, we will be, our first location will be open within 45 days. I will be in and out of the store. I'm the, I'm the, you know, it's a family business. So you may see me there sometimes. You may run into my mom. She's been on the show for so the circle. You may see my brother. My brother also as I was discussing with Tito, has a clothing line called, uh, OD Duffel, like Duffel Bag. OD Duffel. And his Instagram is OD Duffel, website is ODDuffel.com. And his slogan is Secure the Bag. And it's a clothing line, he's a millennial, he's, you know, dope logo, a lot of amazing pieces. It's a clothing store, sorry Um, But it's an amazing, um, you know, for for the young adults, millennials, pick up, you know, get you some pieces And I think it's important that you, as a young person, old person, period If you're living, you need to have a way that you can afford your lifestyle And not depend on corporate America Because what we do know is corporate America will drop you quick So you have to take control of your destiny
2: Yo, Keanu this is in here. Like, your bio, I don't believe it, but whatever. It says that you're <laughs> single. I think you're yeah. too fine to have me believe in that dudes They now issue and they shot. So, what, what, what's up? You, your career. Oh, business? God. I knew you was going to go there. Okay,
1: so, I'll be very honest. Um, being in a relationship has not been on, you know, it has been a priority for me. I definitely want to get married. I would love to have children, but if I don't, it is what it is. I will face this. Um, I, I do have dating challenges. There's a lot of women like me who are at a certain, you know, level in their life, success wise, who have an issue with a certain type of guys. Guys don't particularly approach me. I appreciate an assertive, an aggressive, I don't want to say aggressive, because I'm not looking for a dude to grab me by my neck and, you know, not that kind of aggressive, but if he sees something in me that he likes, I want him to make the approach, like, excuse me, bitch. What happened to that dude that used to step up to a woman and say, "You know what? I would really like to get to know you. Would you like to go out for coffee, or you know, can I take you out to eat?" Now it's all this DMing, passive aggressiveness. I get all of the "I know you got a man." Well, if you think I got a man, I got a man. Bye.
2: <laughs> because what I'm not going to do,
1: I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to play these games. I, I, I even, you know, bumble. <laughs> I'm on Bumble, and the reason I'm on Bumble is because Bumble is wanting me to be um, a brand ambassador for them because it's a lot of single, independent, strong, successful women out there who cannot find a mate. And as I'm online, I'm Mm. swiping through, and the guy sends me a so amazing about Bumble is you make the first move as a woman. That's not particularly in my nature, although I am assertive, but I really, really, really enjoy when a man steps to me, it's sexy. But, you know, on Bumble, you make the first move. So when you swipe, you say, hello, he speaks back. One guy said to me, is this really the sister circle, sister? Yes, I am. Oh, well, I'm just a regular guy. I'm a nobody. You're a celebrity.
0: Uh, well, Whoa.
2: Get out First of here. First of all,
1: with, well, that type of, you know, with that type of belief about yourself, you out of here, dude. You can never speak to a woman of my, of my caliber. Not saying that I'm all that. When I say my caliber, I want you to be equally confident in yourself i want you to feel like oh i deserve if you like something that you see in me i want you to say you deserve me and when you say that i'm a nobody oh you're a nobody and i don't need a nobody in my face right so anything i could say to him was well sir i hope you enjoy yourself take care i I wasn't gonna feed i'm not doing that i so i am single because one i'm not gonna settle um two i want I I like to be courted. I'm a Southern girl. Although I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I grew up in Georgia. I have the... I love Texas. So I always say I'm a Georgia girl with a Texas heart. I love for men... And I think most women appreciate men who are comfortable and confident enough to say, you know, listen, sis. I like you. I would like to get to know you. I would like to take you out to eat. You know, can we go out for coffee? Or what about drinks or whatever? That is sexy. So... I'm dating, but I'm not in a relationship. And there's a difference. Um, Many women, you know, guys get it confused, you know, like, you date? Yes, I'm dating. I'm dating more than one guy because I can. I'm not settling, and I'm not going to stop dating more than one guy until that one guy who wants to make me his one girl, and he's talking about something uh serious, about a future. Well, if you're not doing that, we're not We're just dating. You're feeding me, I'm hanging out, we're going, we're having drinks, we're going to, you know, concerts, parties, doing whatever, but I'm not going to stop my, you know, exploring other options because you want me to, but you got to prove, you got to, in my opinion, you've got to prove that you're not going to waste my time. You guys don't like that at all, but it's okay. Wow,
2: well, that's a whack dude. So, yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. sense. Yeah, a lot of it makes sense. sense. But, yeah. hey, I don't <laughs> like you know what I'm doing when I get off this phone call? Starting me a Bumble account, baby. <laughs>
1: Ah, yeah. There's a lot. It's a lot of attractive women on there. There's a lot of. Um, I would say you should definitely get on. It's. Um, it's nice. You know, you get to read through their bio. You. It, it's just to even see. Um, because you have to match up. So when she match up with you, she'll reach out to you. And if you, because there's really no reason for y'all to match up and she not speak.
0: So. So Kim, yes, you should get a, you're, Bumble you're a Bumble. You're a Bumble brand ambassador already
1: word No, about to get my
0: deal
1: team, my right t- now watch right. Yeah, <laughs> my team this is, is talking about- to the people right now. So shout out All to Bumble, here. let them know I am. Um, no. Hey, I'm out here talking about y'all.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, because uh, next episode know. of Friends hey. and Folks could be brought to you by Bumble. For
1: real, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and this is the thing. I would say, ladies, don't be afraid. Of, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot. That goes into dating. You know, there's certain things, there's rules I always say, and I'm actually working on a dating book. As a single woman, there's things that you should do. If you want to meet a guy, you know, hang out with guys. Go, go, you know, don't be afraid to go to a barbershop, shop, get your eyebrows done. You know, don't be afraid to. You should definitely sit at the bar. If you sit in the corner at a restaurant, nine times out of ten, he's not going to see you. Go to the bar. You know, speak, smile. Stop walking around here with the rest resting bitch face. Let him know that you are approachable. A lot of guys don't approach you because they feel like you angry, you mad. Don't be... I understand that you have a lot of burden, a lot of things that you're walking, you know, going through day-to-day as an independent woman. Hell, I got multiple houses and I'm still trying to figure out, I'm tired of, you know, talking to my gardener about the grass and and the Mexican man about the roof. I'm sick of it. But guess what? In the meantime, I'm doing what I gotta do. You understand what I'm saying? But don't bring that burden when you're out and about because you never know who's looking at you or who's interested. There might be a guy in that moment who's trying to approach you, but because you over there looking crazy and your face all frowned up. you feel like, well, I ain't going to deal with her today.
2: Well, Kiana's dancing, people. She definitely dropped some jewels on us and we appreciate you joining us on the Friend of Folk Aww. podcast.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for having me on Friend of Folk. Hopefully, I have proven to be a friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: yeah. And, you know, tell everybody how they can get in contact with you. You know, all your uh, avenues or social media platforms and such.
1: My website is Kiana, K-I-A-N-A-D-A-N-C-I-E. And that's also all of my social media platforms. I am Kiana Dancy on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm the same thing on everything. I do have a fan page on Facebook. It's um, under Dancy, D-A-N-C-I-E, darling, D-A-R-L-I-N-G-S. But you can always um, just Google Kiana Dancy and I'll pop up make sure you guys check me out in december on one crazy christmas on bet it comes out december i have been given a date i think it's december 5th but you know how they do they throw them christmas movies on as early as october got good halloween so just what you're looking for it's, it's definitely gonna be out my book bye bye bags laughing to lighten the, Light the Low is also coming out in december i have my lol kevin hart comedy special, I think it comes out in December. December is a big month, and that's also my birthday. Turn up Capricorns and Sagittarius. So, make sure you guys follow me because I will be single in your city with my comedy tour very, very soon. And, matter of fact, send me a message and let me know where you want me to come. Now, if it's snow on the ground, I'm going to see you the spring. But I definitely <laughs> will be in your city soon, looking pretty and acting funny, tickling your tummies. I love you and thank you so much for the love and the support. Listen. I have really enjoyed you guys, so y'all make sure y'all follow me down to the social media because I talk back, that is me, there's no one running my pages, it's always going to be me because I think it's important that I maintain a relationship with my family. Dope.
2: Yana, thank you Dope. so much, we appreciate you. subscribe and follow us on soundcloud instagram twitter at friend of fall that's friend of fall the e i don't do social media so you won't be chiming me but the mother days will be on
1: there this week's episode of Friend or Foe is brought to you by OD Duffel, where streetwear, luggage, and accessories meet to secure the bag, offering online access to the hottest trends and worldwide shipping everywhere. Stay connected. Follow us on Instagram at OD Duffel. That's O-D-D-U-F-F-E-L. Secure the bag.